What's good, everybody? It's your boy, the Puerto Rican Power host, the Pike Hired, the podcast, Mercy Himself, Christian Joe Ramos, back at it again with a brand new review, and I'm here with my co-host, the most, Mr. Oro Montero. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Okay, so we are here for WWE Crown Jewel 2023 out of Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and I'm sorry, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and um, it is a five-match card, which, is this like a new Triple H thing? Where, like, the card never goes past five? Uh, there was a pre-show match right before. I never count a pre-show match. Because I get what you're saying. But I mean, like, on the main card, it seems that, like, its magic number is five. Because WWE... No, there were... No. There were seven. Oh, shit. Okay, that's higher than... Okay. The last one was five, right? Yeah. Fastlane. That was... Okay, so... All right. So I guess I just cut it when they need to see the show gets too long in the tooth. Now, that being said... This show, the main event was the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns against LA Knight. Yeah. yeah. And um, we'll get to that eventually. The pre-show was the panel, followed by a match. They usually don't do pre-show matches. So actually, yeah. this one, they actually gave one, which is Sami Zayn, straight out of Montreal, Canada. But, of, of course, Arabic descent, he is, uh, gosh, what is he? Is Syrian. Syrian, thank you. I don't know why I was going to say, thank Jordan. No, he's Syrian. And so he's a big star in Saudi Arabia. They love him there. And against J.D. McDonough of the Judgment Day, who's still not technically Judgment Day. So he doesn't have Judgment Day colors. He doesn't have a Judgment Day theme. He doesn't. Even, he was wearing white today. He wasn't even wearing black and purple. Like, you know. <laughs> what do you think of the match? I just thought it was, like, a good way to, like, warm up the crowd like obviously having Sammy be like the hometown person in a sense since there's no longer Mansoor or Ali Mansoor and Ali no longer WWE that was wild to me they got let go this round because Mansoor has been phenomenal on Twitch I don't know yeah. if you follow him and, and Brendan I do they are a hoot and the thing is Mansoor was always entertaining because in up of down down he had this Persona, like he had this like charisma, right? Natural charisma, and he is the ultimate golden retriever. Pardon me? Oh yeah, he's a golden retriever. You go, you don't say this right in front of me. <laughs> the ultimate golden retriever. You gonna say that? You gonna say that? You and Matt with Sora. your entire throat. No, I'll tell in you in my presence <laughs> and say that. Yes. No, but hear me I out. Bet. Hear me out. Mansoor, his horror stories of, of like. Him fucking up WWE, I'm surprised he didn't get fired sooner. Because he does such simple, dumb shit that he's not aware of until after the fact. And the stories are here. You can see them all on YouTube on, I think, Brennan, and, and they have a dual channel. Um, they're currently doing a fantasy league. Uh, them, Damo, and Dijak, they're all doing like a and d but it's WWE. So, like, each one gets a faction. One is WWF. One is WCW, one is ECW, and I think one of them is just the straight-up indies. And um, if you're into that stuff, guys, on Twitch, follow, you know, Brennan and Mansoor, uh, you know, help out people who are not in need, but people who have recently been released, you know, they could use the help. That being said, okay, you don't got them, you don't have Ali, who's your only Arab on the roster? Sammy, and he's the most over guy in the brand. I mean, I'm not surprised if Sammy Zayn, in a year from now, is at Mania facing whoever the... Not not Roman's championship, but whoever has the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. I can see it realistically. Like, he has earned respect. He's no longer a clown. I mean, it's like almost back to NXT Sammy. 
and I love it how quickly they were able to change him perception of him. And um, yeah, Sammy was a cool dude, and he, and he was the relaxed Daisy. But at the end of the day, he's still a wrestler, and he's out there to fucking wrestle. So, so this match ended with the controversial Blue Thunderbomb. Never a finisher in WWE. I don't know why. It's the only wrestling company with a fucking Blue Thunderbomb. Uh, which is Kobayashi's finisher, which he hates when people use that move to begin with. Let alone, it's never a finisher actually finished the match. And I'm like, wow. And this is a cute, cool little match. JD's getting his weapons. This is probably JD's first international match. I don't count NXT UK. That's technically home, home, home turf for him. Yeah. So this is his first like international show, right? I mean, yeah, he wasn't at Backlash yet, right? Sammy? Yeah, no, um, Madonna. No, he wasn't part of the Not squad yet. yet. Yeah, so they were in Puerto Rico. They went any other international market? Not that we know of. Purpose. Um, uh, money in the bank. That's again home turf for him because you know he's Irish. Yeah, but he didn't show up there. He, that's right. Okay, so yeah, this is his first international show. Excellent, and he literally fit in. Might I say, what is it about like? None of the negative. Let me. I hate when I say when you started off. It sounds negative. Okay, the arena. That the crown jewels in, right? Is this strictly an Asian country thing where like the grandstand is fucking high? You know what I'm talking about? Like like Coliseum like where everything is like raised. Yeah, I kind of noticed that too. Has it always been the same arena every time? No, it has not. Actually, Crown Jewel has usually been outdoors, but because it's winter time. Because they do get winter in Saudi Arabia, believe it or not, people. They do get winter. It's an indoor arena. But it looks like it's an indoor basketball arena. But but this the seating reminds me of New Japan's. Where, like, it's flat and then it has the raised. But, you know, they're like kind of like, uh, you ever been to fucking, what's it called? Um, that medieval restaurant, Medieval Nights. Medieval Times? Yeah. Same thing, right? Where it's yeah, like, yeah. It's like that kind of setup. It's not bad. It's just... But they do have floor seats, don't get me wrong. But, like, yeah, it looks like the rings are raised. It gives it a different aesthetic. And the lighting was amazing. Like, the lighting was very uh, flattering for the wrestlers. Uh, so, that being said, we're not reading the, we're not reading the aesthetics. We're reading the matches. Um, I'm going to give this opener a 79%. I'm going to give it an 83 because, you know, it's just, like, the simple warm-up. It's a warm-up, exactly. But it wasn't anything spectacular. Right. And... I'm going to say, uh, I hate when it's the word hot take, but it is. My hot take on the entire pay-per-view, it's not one of their best ones in recent times. But the Saturday Arabia shows have never been amazing as far as I can remember. I mean, last year's was pretty. The best, if anything. No, what was the one that happened earlier this year that the Usos like turned? Was that a super showdown? Uh, that was that in Saudi Arabia. You're talking, yeah, about? that was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, I believe so. That one had more energy, I think, is because this one is indoors, you don't feel that same WrestleMania look, you know what I'm saying? It's an indoor arena, so it looks full, but at the same time, it looks like any other, like, it looks like they're in the garden, you know, it doesn't yeah. look like it doesn't have the aesthetic of like, oh wow, you see outside, you know, down to taking anything away from it. A lot of people have been shitting on the pay-per-view on, 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 on uh, not Twitter, but on, like, the wrestling podcast. I don't think it was as bad as people made it out to be. If you have a prefer- preferential card match lineup, that's fine. But to say it's the worst show of the year, it's like... No. 
That's a little harsh, I think. Like, there's no way I can say this is, like, the worst. Yeah. I would say, like, maybe Payback. Payback was definitely the worst PLE. And it wasn't bad. I'm just saying, like, quality's been so much higher that a bad WWE pay-per-view is, like, not that, you know, okay. You know, like, it's watchable. It would be, like, an all right in the Vince era. Exactly. So, okay, so the first match of the actual card, who do we got here? We have, for the World Heavyweight Championship, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Freakin' Rollins. This match was interesting. It built a story of Rhea Ripley sowing seeds in both Seth and Drew's ears about joining the dark side. She's like the Sith Lord trying to recruit her next Jedi. Come to the dark side. We have cookies. We have cookies and guff. And, and guffs. <laughs> we have hot chocolate. We have goth cookies. Yes. So, I love that, but I also feel like all right, I'm going to say something that's true and people are not going to like what I have to say. Mm-hmm. WWE has not been in talks with Drew McIntyre and many other top stars for contract renegotiation. That is a fact. That is not a lie. That is not a rumor. That being said, do you think that's going to affect down the road pay-per-views and story buildups? Because if wrestlers are not just going to quickly sign the next deal and debate money, do you think they're going to put down the sidelines? Possibly. I mean, if it's just going to affect their long-term game at all of this, like, I don't understand why Endeavor doesn't just, like... Endeavor, notoriously, this is the fact, has an issue with giving UFC fighters more money. I'm thinking if it's the same management team that does the UFC fighter contracts, in recent years, a lot of the fighters have left the PFL. Have uh, So, I mean, PFL is becoming the new Bellator, but actually there were more money behind it. And PFL just had a thing in Saudi Arabia, right? Like, they literally had Ngannou versus uh, Tyson Fury. Yeah. Which, by the way, Ngannou got robbed got robbed he knocked the fuck out of fury fury did not expect to get knocked down like bro look at the guy he's a tank look at you looking like i like i knew nagano had this match won because i saw him in uh jackass forever and i'm like i do not want to get punched by this dude he is the epitome of super heavyweight like yeah. he's built like a like a tight he's end he's real life uh jonathan majors in creed 3 he's umbaku in real life <laughs> Let's just put it out there. That yeah. big of a man, just jacked. But also, again, there's going to be a lot of weirdness with builds. Because I have a weird feeling some people are not going to get the contracts they desire. It's going to fuck up a storyline. Instead of dealing with them, they're just going to disappear in the sidelines. Now, this match was good. Was the one of the better matches Seth has had? Eh, it's okay. But I did find myself not looking at it as much as I thought. But then it got interesting in the end when Seth retained the World Heavyweight Championship. And, of course, they still did an after-the-match like backstage thing where Freya still recruited yeah. Drew. So I'm like, hmm, Drew's contract is literally up now. Like, it's up. So incorporating Rhea, I don't know why I'm saying this so slowly, incorporating Rhea, into the storyline. It kind of makes it feel like, okay, maybe they're actually going to renew him and they got something bigger planned out for him. 
Do you think he's going to be the one to join Judgment Day and kick out Damien? I don't know. Like, I don't want Judgment Day to just be the Bullet Club sort of mentality. It's like a new member in, old one goes out. But that's what it feels like they're going for. But at the same time, I don't want it to be NWO where they just accept like anyone who... Who is on the wayside out. Here's, Here's my thing. The fact that you have the original Bullet Club leader, Finn Balor, in the roster, in the faction, right? You don't think maybe he's taking some credence from when he was in Bullet Club? Like, even though he's not considered, he's not positioned as a leader of this faction, which I thought he was. When he kicked out Edge, I thought he was literally going to become the next yeah. leader. But then it became Damien leading, and then Rhea leading. And I'm like, who's going to be next, Dom? It's like... It feels like they're all rotating the leadership position. And they all keep saying no one's the leader. But for the past few months, it looked like Rhea's running the show. And now it's like Damien woke up like, hey, a minute. Hold up a minute. Yeah, as long as they're not pulling like some sort of power power. Like how the ministry did back in the Attitude Era. This is giving me ministry, corporate ministry, specifically corporate ministry vibes. But it's also giving me like... Not DX, because DX was so over, you can't compare them to much of anything these days. Mm-hmm. But Judgment Day is very over. It's, this is like, how do I say this? If the Bloodline is Team Rocket, this is uh, one of the other lesser known teams in Pokemon. Like Aqua or Magma? Absolutely, Team Magma. <laughs> it just feels like they're all like, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. Of course, Edge and Drew... Never really have a bad match. They really have chemistry. It's just I've seen enough Drew and uh, and Seth matches that I'm yeah, like, yeah, you did say Edge. See what I mean? I knew it was a Floridian slip. I've seen enough of these guys matched up that I'm kind of bored of it, and that's fair to say. But I'm still gonna give them a good score. Did I score this one just yet? No, not yet. You were talking about like the post match thing, and then you went on your tangent. Oh my god, he want to do that ADHD baby. Uh, so I'm gonna be honest and say seventy six. I'm going to go lower. I'm going to say, like, 68. Which is crazy for Seth. It's just... It's because, to me, his title length has just gotten... Worn out. He should have lost to Shinsuke and chased him. I think Seth... We've talked about this in every pay-per-view. He's better at chasing the belt than keeping it. Yeah. He needs to find that guy to destroy him or cheat him of the belt so he can regain it for Mania. And at Mania, we sing a song because he wins the belt. So I hope Seth loses the belt by Survivor Series, if not by Rumble season. Well, here's the thing. You want it to be shown as, like, the workhorse belt yeah, and all this other stuff. But, like, you had Seth win it in the tournament. Yep. And what? Like, he just finds a way to keep retaining it. The whole Shinsuke arc was, like... Perfectly set up for him to, like, chase Shinsuke for the belt. Yeah. And I'm surprised they didn't, they didn't pull the trigger on that. And it's just nothing wrong with Seth. I'm a huge fan of his. I remember watching his old Ring of Honor matches. But it's like him, when he's being booked as like this dominant baby face in a sense, it's like, it doesn't hit well for me. Like if he was like his usual like authority or like heel joker. Here's what I see where the issue lies. The only reason Seth became babyface is because he kept getting attacked by fans in the crowd. Yeah. So the fans were feeling sorry and gave him cheers. 
and it became that like, hey, you're putting up this fan abuse because it happened twice, right? Or like three. He said it happened four times. Like four times. I only saw it happen once. That means it should happen. Actually, no, it happened with the same guy. Yeah. Just a year prior. I'm like, this is nuts. But that year didn't catch it on camera and they caught him quick. This time he literally speared him from behind, right? So like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like uh, Seth could use a little bit of a reinvigoration. Like the whole Will Osprey tweet he put on on Twitter. Yeah. I know it's not anything. Don't think too much into it. It's just it would be cool to bring in Osprey just because it would give something for Seth to do that's like yeah. someone of my fucking level. Someone who might exceed me at this point. Like, that's what I like to see. I don't want to see him against the same rotating top ten guys. I just... Because that's what we've been getting with Roman as well. Like, I am going to Mania next year. I got my ticket, right, for night two. I don't give a fuck if it's Cody and Roman at this point. Because they put it in our brains that he might retain again. And then Cody's not going to win until SummerSlam. So I don't want to get my hopes up again. That, oh, I'm going to go to a show where Cody might actually win. No, he's not winning shit. So what do you do at that point? Cody goes into a binger, like, spiral, like, or does he just keep having hope? Like, you can't make him the cookie-cutter babyfish of the old. It just doesn't work in today's climate. And that's the problem, why he left AEW. He wanted to be a John Cena-type babyface. And I get that with Cody. I do. I really do. But it's getting to the point where people, like, we're more of a fickle, fickle society now. Like, we're like, okay, what do you have done for me lately kind of society. Where people back then would hang on to, you know, Cena. Like, now it's like, all right, we're over you. You're not winning anything. So it's like, the Roman reign, like, forever championship reign is really fucking with, with Cody's uh, momentum. Could he just win? Do you think he should win the heavyweight championship at SummerSlam? If he's not going to win it back. Win the, the one from Roman's belt at Mania. When it comes to the whole Cody thing, which, by the way, we should also mention they lost their tag titles. Yeah, like, within a week, it made no fucking sense. Like, they could have put that on this card. So, that's another thing. A lot of shit happened on TV that I, I'm skeptical of. But now that Triple H is fully booking it, Raw has been the most watchable show in the past three weeks. I even will say this out loud. Raw was more watchable than Dynamite last week. No, I saw your whole ranking list, and I'm like, yeah, but here's the thing. We're getting so much good wrestling now that... Competition's heating up. Exactly. And I feel like, it, uh, what is it, a rising tide brings up all ships or whatever. So, Collision, which only a few days afterwards, after all that backlash on Twitter, it was a lot better than Dynamite. So, I was actually surprised that, like, okay... Tony Khan is kind of hearing what we're saying, but like at the same time, you got Triple H here building uh, his uh, Joshi faction himself, signing people like Julia from Stardom, signing people like, well, try to sign Saray, but she signed some weird TikTok, I'm not even joking, some American women's wrestling company based out of somewhere, and they, they, they stream on TikTok. I'm like, they couldn't even get YouTube? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like... Why would, is she signed for a multi-year? So I'm like, damn. Unless, uh, so, of course, Triple H is willing to buy her. Oh, out. you know he will. You know he will. He's he's trying to recruit. He brought back... Oh, we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, all right, so next match. What's the next match on the card? Next match on the card, it is the Fatal Five-Way for the Women's World Championship. We had Rhea Ripley, Nia Jax, Raquel Rodriguez, Shayna Baszler, and Zoe Stark. 
Here's the first thing that I noticed in this match. What is Raquel Rodriguez's entire gimmick? Raquel Rodriguez's gimmick is I smile and I have a back. No, she doesn't have a back in Saudi Arabia. It's completely covered and it's nothing but fringe. So she's just a smiling woman with fringe. And also, like, Rhea's got a better back than Raquel. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that gimmick should have died with Rhea's, like, Rhea's been training with her man, Buddy Murphy. Uh, A.K.A. Buddy Matthews of AEW. And he's got her more jacked than ever. And not in, like, weird manly way. Like, he's got her jacked looking good. Yeah. And um, she is cut. This is probably the leanest she's been ever. And she looks like a dominant champion. Now. Like, even with her whole, like, Undertaker-like entrance. What was that about? I I don't know. That was in Druids. That was Sheik's. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I. It didn't fit. It almost looked like a, like a grandocious entrance for Roman. Yeah. Like, but Roman's like, nah, I'm gonna stick with my same shit. It could have worked for Seth. Maybe. I don't know. I don't want to say it's out of place, but it definitely caught me off guard. Leave it at that. Um, yeah, like, it just seemed like a whole bunch of just being in a line, and then all of a sudden you hear the, this is my brutality. Then you hear her like, what do you call that? Hardcore? I don't know what kind of music that is. That's more like deathcore. Deathcore, yeah. And, um... I mean, it's motionless and light. That's what it is? Yeah. Okay. So... Who I have seen in concert, like, a year ago. They're not bad. It's just... Her old theme is straight up just metal, right? Yeah. This is more like, I guess, what the kids are listening to these days. Yes. Um, and Rhea comes in, and of course you got Nia Jax in the ring. You got Zoe Starks. Uh, Stark, sorry, not Starks. Is it Starks or Stark? Stark. She's Stark. There's yeah. three Starks in wrestling right now, so I'm kind of like confused how to pronounce either of them. Zoe Stark, Ricky Starks. And Billy Stark. Starks with a Z. Fucking it. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I give up. Um, no, no, it's simple. Zoe Stark, Ricky Starks, Billy Starks. So, nothing S-Z. Yes. Okay. Stark, Stark, Starks. Oh, my God. Say that three times as fast. Stark, 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 Starks. Okay. It wasn't... Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> Hot take. This was my match of the night. Uh, one match is later on, I would consider a match of the night. Oh, this was really good. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. And here's something I got to say straight up. Hey, yo, Tony, because you're checked in and clear, I'm going to say this straight up to you. Watch this match and look at how you're supposed to book your women's division. It's that simple. Bro, Tony Khan does not try. And we've said this. Like, yeah, people want to call us AEW shows. Didn't go ahead. Because I call out shit when I see it. Dynamite was the worst Dynamite I've seen in three years. Um, when they, No, two years. When was the last really bad Dynamite? Was it Christmas of 2022 or 21? It was one of them. It was really horrible. I don't want to say the Christmas of 2020. Here's, here's what the, what's... No, what, I'm trying to remember because I know which episode you're talking fucking about. Fucking horrible episode. Um, here's, here's my issue with the booking AEW, right? All of it. It, it makes no sense. It's ADHD booking. Okay. That being said, the women are barely in the card as is. I feel like they're just, a, uh, they become like the cruiserweight division for WCW. You get one match maximum, even on a pay-per-view card, which makes no fucking sense to me because pay-per-view is not the same as television. So where's the bullshit excuse of one match a night on a pay-per-view? Now WWE has been getting it right. They at least have two matches in the card for the women. 
And in one of them, you have five of the members of the roster on it. Yeah. And the last few episodes of Raw, you've had the entire women's division in skits in the back. Like, you know, existing like a real like a real locker room looks like. I'm just saying, like, what the fuck's going on, Tony? Like, learn some tips from Triple H because you definitely need to. Get more women on their show. You have more. more... Think about it. This just hurts you in the long run because why would you have all of these independent women decide to sign with your company? Well, Julia didn't want to. Julia went to WWE. That's why Julia is a confirmed on FIFO Select and FIFO news that she is in the performance center in WWE. Exactly. So why not incentivize more of these women to come in and not just have like your typical one match per show? And that's the shit that pisses a lot of people off and it's going behind deaf ears. So I hope to God Full Gear gets a a scrum because you know that's going to be like the topic of the night. Unless they debut somebody so major. Like if, if it's not Mercedes Monet there... To change things. Saray was brought in to change the roster, right? Yeah. She hasn't much done a shit, has she? Anyways, that's enough. Don't leave it for a different podcast. Triple H has been getting it done right with the women's division. Like, And mind you, we've been giving him criticism too. Because yeah. he's been giving women like five-minute matches, but it wasn't him. It was him and Vince battling it out. Like, Vince was so stuck in his ways that I'm glad he got fired at position. So the Triple H can bring back... if Like, watching Raw now feels like watching NXT. Like the old NXT. The black yeah. and old NXT. Like, you get that same vibe. And I'm loving it. I'm loving the fact that you see... Even if it's in increments, you see the roster... Like, I like that thing that Triple H does where, like, two people are in the front and then someone's just creeping in the back, like, eavesdropping. Yeah. It's, like, foreshadowing the next cuz there's so many other things you have going on like not including on this card you have what's going on with Chelsea Green and Piper Niven with the tag titles yep you also have like you know Nikki Cross with like her 1000 yard stare going on whatsoever you have all of this stuff happening outside of the title picture as well i love that it's not just about the title but it's just about them existing within the roster yes and they don't have to be there is a trophy faction leader. Like, they are actually dealing with women's issues. Like, they're dealing with, like, deceit and, like, oh, we don't get along with those people. Like, you know, like, it's like a television show, man. When AW, the women don't even get fucking promos like that anymore unless you're, like, Tony Storm going crazy, which I love, but incorporate more than one or two people. Like, you have it. I liked it when they had, like, Sky Blue and, um, and uh, Willow and that whole Julie Hart thing. Yeah. Incorporating more of the women's roster. So, now with... Red Velvet coming back on Dynamite this week. I hope it actually stirs some shit up, too. <laughs> Pun intended. So, with WWE, back to this Keep Getting Stride Tracks. Um, this yeah. five-way match was phenomenal. Yeah. I never seen these girls go so hard. And, like, it was like they're all trying to one-up each other. Yes, and I love their respectful gear that they each had. It's at least putting in more effort compared to, you know, how it was before with just the T-shirt and, like... Oh, no, no, no. They had bodysuits, but they were wearing, like, oversized t-shirts like little kids. Yes. Which was really awkward for them in the ring. But then the, the following year, they actually were, like, was it Rhea? Had the, like, the Catwoman suit. Uh, 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 gosh, why is it? Liv Morgan had, like, a Britney Spears. Yeah. Like, like, they were giving more pizzazz to it. And, like, listen, it's not that hard to make gear that's, like, all not showing your body parts look you have, if anything, you have more material to work with. Yeah. Like, Bianca's gear in the, in the card looked good, and um, Eos was, like, very creative. Like, she was wearing, like, a, 
what do they call those things? Uh, chaps? Yeah. Over her gear. So, like, it gave more characters and layers. Like, listen, these are little things that, like, you don't want everybody to look cookie cutter. And it's almost like everyone was going for the totally spies look a year prior. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a year prior. But this time, it feels like now, okay, now our, now our design's like, Nia Jack's always is fully clothed anyway, so hers is a given. It looks great. So I'm thinking they're taking pointers, like, hey, why don't we just add more, you know, piping to these Like, look at the MCU. A lot of those women have really intricate co uh, costumes, for, and, and they're layered up in armor. Like the wasp, for example. Like, just take notes from the movie, th from the movies, and see. Yeah. What, and it's working. I mean, it doesn't. It's not distracting to the matches. Now, okay, you're fully clothed. We get it. Uh, the creative thing for me. Shout out to Shanna Baszler. She showed up in her gi and her rash guard. <laughs> like, yeah. She's like, fuck it. I'm just gonna go. Like, I'm gonna show up. Like, if I do for the dojo, you know, like we're just gonna roll here, right? Like, okay, cool. That may, it worked for her. It, it's it's so Shanna. Like these are little character things, right? Um, who else is in the match? Um, Zoe came out of what camouflage pants yeah. and like a spy turtleneck. Yeah, and uh, like her traditional knee brace whatsoever. Yeah, so like, and then I'm missing one, right? Raquel was all red with the little fringe in the back. With that, with it, that's like that Mexican like cow, yeah. cowgirl look. Um, yeah, they all look great, and aside from looks, they all fought well. Yes. I really thought Rhea was going to lose this match, and she didn't. She ended up retaining. With, like, a great way to, like, finish it with, uh, who was it? She gave a riptide off to on Shane. Stark yeah. on top of Shayna, who was caught in a submission. Yep. It was crazy. It was like, uh... On, uh, who was it? I think Raquel. Yes, and then Nia was somewhere under there as well for, for extra padding. It was like... All... No, Nia wasn't in the ring, I think. Oh, that's a different spot. You're right. You're talking about the finisher-finisher. Where... Yeah. Yeah, that was cool, man. And um, it definitely, it felt like Rhea's... Let's, let's call it out. Rhea's had a similar run to Roman. No, I would say Rhea's more underwhelming. More underwhelming. There you go. Because, like... Great character, great faction... But she hardly ever defends it, if you she, think about it. She hardly defends it. Like, and think about it. What defenses has she had at, like, PLE? She had against Raquel at Payback. Yep. And this. She wasn't at Payback. She wasn't in Money in the Bank. Nope. She wasn't in Backlash, either. She has missed more pay-per-views with the belt than she ever did not having the belt. Yeah. Which is mind-boggling, but I think... It's WWE doing the whole heels don't want to wrestle thing. So, like, kind of like MJF started it in AW. Like, he barely mm -hmm. wrestles because he's a heel. But not only that, like, I would understand it if you're setting up, like, someone be like, oh, no, I'm the champ. I'm a prize fighter. Becky Lynch has been doing that. She's been putting out promos that, like, hey, when I had the NXT championship, I had more title defenses than Rhea ever did in hers. Yeah. That came out. Now I want to see Becky be the one to confront Rhea. Like, you barely defend your belt. How about you defend it tonight? And then something happens where, you know, Rhea has backup or some shenanigans with Judgment Day. But at least Rhea has a match on fucking TV. Like, she barely wrestles anymore, man. Yeah. And if she wrestles, it's either squash matches or they get interrupted by other girls. Like, there's never a good match on the card for her. Like, it has to be on the pay-per-views. Which I understand, like, that's how you get pay-per-views. But still, you can only have so many championship champions doing this bullshit. 
where it doesn't come off like, okay, so we know the championship's going to barely wrestle. No, just because they're heel, it makes no sense. Rhea's trying to exert dominance. How better would it do it than to whoop everyone's ass? It's that simple. So, that being said, I'm giving this match an 85 for execution. 80, a solid 80 for me. Cool. Next match, or next segment, whatever pops up next. Next would be the match, uh, Cena versus Solo. Oh, this will be quick. The match is awful. Uh, Cena's age is showing. Cena's hair is aging. Hey, listen, listen, I, I want to throw shit at Cena. My man, you got money, money. You can afford to go to Turkey and get that hair transplant. What's going on, man, with that? Like, aren't you a movie star? You should be caring about your looks. I don't know why Cena doesn't just go back to his buzz cut if he's not going to get a hair transplant. And I know it's, like, the weirdest, like, fucking, like, vapid thing to think about, but it's just showing the man's age. And unless they're really trying to reel in that, hey, I'm getting old now, folks, and he kind of has been looting to the retirement and putting people over... He's not going to wrestle for the next foreseeable feature. No, and I honestly thought he could have used the one-on-one win here because his last one was over five years ago. It feels like if he doesn't win here, he better win a match in Mania. They have to have something like Grimm in Mania. I don't care if he's on the Rumble. I don't care. Like, just give like a- I understand Cena's slowing down, but you're forgetting the most important storyline that you can do with him while you still have him. And that is? 17. I was going to say the same thing. You took the words out of my mouth. One more reign with Cena. If Roman doesn't get beat by Cody or anybody else, what poetic justice if it's Cena? I mean, but Cena's already had his match against Roman. I know. And he didn't look dominant at all. He looked like he was worn out. So Cena Cena is a guy that's very much a company guy. He's going to put over the next talent over. So he put out Solo because he knew that he's not going to be available for this. And also, that's his way of being like, hey, sorry I did this to your cousin back in 2006. Yeah. And um, I feel like, in all actuality, Cena just having a win at anything would just... Even if it's a, it's a good pop, it's a good feel-good match or whatever. But, you know, Solo did not need a Samoan spike the man seven times. Like, I know he's super Cena, but God, even even I know seven spikes is too much. Yeah. Maybe three. <laughs> um, if I'm being fair, this was a 75% match. I would give it, like, 75 as well. Because, because Cena did whatever he can still do. He even did a crossbody from the top of the rope, which you barely see him do that these days. But, um... He put the he did what he was supposed to do, put the guy over. Solo wins. Next match, or what's the next thing on the card? I think the next thing is uh the Miz TV Grayson Waller segment. We can skip this. Yeah. It's totally. a, it's a segment to promote the pop, the the, the their biggest like their Adam Sand Arabian Adam Sandler. Like Oh, that's what he was? I thought he was more like their Leo. No, 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 no. They specifically said he was a comedic actor. Oh, okay. So he's either like their Will Smith or their Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, Adam Sandler, uh, who else is uh, Ryan Reynolds, maybe? Because he didn't look like he was. I mean, he did wrestle a little bit. So, I mean, yeah. And people weren't laughing at him. So maybe he is comedic, but also like serious. Like, you know how there's, there's slapstick comedy, but then there's like dry humor. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know, but the guy was, you know, promoting, I guess, a movie or something? Or? I think just himself. It was supposed to be Cristiano Ronaldo, right, originally? I think. But they that, couldn't get him. 
So they're like, what else can we do? Well, we get a local celebrity that everybody knows. Okay, so the top box office actor. Sure. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And considering I don't really watch movies from Saturday, but now, now I'm curious because I didn't know they had their own Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, I know about Bollywood. Yeah. I know about Korean movies and dramas. I know about Japan, Japan and China. I guess my ignorance, I'm like, I know there's Arabian, like, telenovelas, because every time I go to the Lebanese spot, they always have them playing. Yeah. So I know the Arabian telenovelas, even Turkish ones, they exist, right? I didn't think the picture, the cinema was a big thing in Saudi Arabia, because they're more known known for oil and now sports. So, but you know what? They're trying to modernize, maybe cinema's the big thing that's happening, too. Maybe they're having a renaissance, like, where they're actually, like, getting actors to, like, promote films like yeah maybe that's a new thing for them i, I don't know that's their that. whole thing of like promoting all the stuff in saudi like they even mentioned like a whole wwe experience which is opening in january they're trying to make it a tourist trap yeah which i understand and i know the thing people say up like oh but you can't drink alcohol not necessarily if you're an american or a foreigner there's american or foreigner specific hotels with specific little yeah like sort of like a consulate yes or like a embassy yeah the shit that happens in the embassy doesn't happen outside the diplomatic embassy. community yeah, that's it's, that's like, it's like a diplomatic yes yeah. so you stay in these resorts and you're allowed to drink because you're not from their people so they, they understand they're not like there to shame you but god forbid you're an american muslim trying to have a cocktail you're gonna yeah. you just don't even just be like no i'm you know Greek Orthodox. <laughs> so that being said, you know they're they're trying to get more tourism out there, which I, I get it. They're trying to be they're trying to compete with Dubai right now. Yeah. Dubai is the hot place that people want to go to in the Middle East. But with things happening, you know, it's good that there's a place people can go to so escape their problems. Right? Yes, so, agreed. So that being said, what's the next match in the card? Everyone's favorite, Rey Mysterio versus Logan Paul. This match was not controversial on my part because I understand how hate works. But yeah. people are really fucking pissed at Logan Paul. Winning the belts. Like, I'm sorry. The moment I saw the Doom buggy, I'm like, yeah, he's winning. Bro, I knew he was winning because he has, what, 100 million subscribers on Instagram or, like, so many on YouTube. The man's promoting Prime. Like, he's trying. He's a walking billboard. Why would Like, you- this is an endeavor choice, I would say. Why would you not give the guy... Like, I wouldn't be surprised Logan retires from WWE in a couple of years and tries to be a UFC fighter. Because his brother's already doing it with Nate, Nate Diaz, right? Or Nick Diaz. That's the rumor, man, that Jake Paul's going to fight in the octagon, which is, I think, is a horrible idea. But no, <laughs> he's going to get wrecked. He's going to get wrecked. Um, that being said, Logan, I feel like Logan is the kind of guy that, he even said it, he's got to show up more WWE events. Yeah. You know, he understands how hard the schedule is. But because he's a celebrity part-timer, he has the leeway to do less. But at the same time, I think he, he doesn't understand that you don't got to wrestle every time you're on Raw. You can literally just cut promos. Yeah. Like, you can leave your matches for the pay-per-views. Or, I'm sorry, the premium live events. And, um, yeah, like, I, 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 like the, I like the idea of a heel Logan winning the belt. Because you know what this does for me? It gives you the gateway for Ricochet against Redemption Arc. Yeah. And win the title at Mania against Logan Paul. And I will say this. Respect to Logan having the self-awareness for that spot with Mysterio. Yo, Mysterio almost fucking died. He almost paralyzed himself. Yeah. But also, it was Logan's fault 
for being too fucking far away for that spot yeah. to begin with. But I'm glad that he got the awareness and had the strength to pick him up before he pal-drived himself. Yes. Mysterio was literally just, what was it? What was he doing? He was doing like a, a moonsault off the rope. Yeah. And nearly almost pal-drived himself in the head. That's going to be, uh, that would have been a career ender. Legit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this match isn't bad. I'm not going to. No, talk. it's just everyone's reaction to it. Like straight up, as soon as they saw it on the card, I'm like, Logan's winning. And all my friends is like, they're not going to let him win. It's like, why yes. not? He is a walking. Do, do you not? Understand? He's a walking billboard. Yeah, I was literally going to say that. He is a businessman. He is a marketing genius. This man is going to bring that belt up. Do you understand? Now we're going to get U.S. champion branded prime bottles. Doesn't he already have like a four? There you go. US... No, he has the ice pop flavor. He has so the ice Los pop Angeles fla- Dodgers branded one. He's already working on making me. Leafs one because he, Austin Matthews is now signed to Hold up. Logan Paul is the official energy drink slash hydration drink for UFC, right? I think. That's a huge one, but he, I think it is true. He signed a deal. So that being said, prime energy, prime hydration, WWE, UFC. Do you think Logan Paul goes to the next UFC event with the belt? Yes. And he has the prime bottle... Listen, it's it's corporate synergy, all right? This is corporate. Like, here's the thing. I I totally understand not liking Logan Paul as For the shit he did, I understand that. I am I one to separate the... I can separate his shenanigans... The versus, art from the artist. Because Logan didn't kill anybody. He didn't assault anybody. He didn't do anything too... He was insensitive. I'll give you that much. Yes. Completely insensitive. But he didn't physically do anything to anybody to be this pissed off. He wasn't, like, touching little kids. He wasn't somebody that, like... I mean, he is scamming a whole bunch of little kids with the listen, crypto... Let's be honest. I, who hasn't been scamming these days? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I'm just saying this. Like, I totally understand people not being fans of Logan Paul. That being said... You gotta know that the guy's got fucking talent for this Yes. And, like... People can talk shit all they want, but Logan as a wrestler is actually really great. And I'm glad that, like, he's the only guy to pull off the bookshot lariat outside of Hangman Page and make it look like his own. Because yeah. his is a little different where he dives into it instead of going for a straight, like... like lariat? A straight lariat. He kind of, like, he kind of like falls down. But it, it looks more, like, natural that way, too. It doesn't look as choreographed, which I think is pretty cool. Um, also, his moonsaults are, like, crisp. Like, this guy yeah. can fucking go. Like, he... He, kept, he held his own against Roman and, and Seth. That alone should have gave him, like, props. like, And against Ricochet, he did pretty good, too. So I feel like this guy, he's got... And it's Mysterio twice. Yeah. Like, you know, what? who are going to get... They're giving him all the workers. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes against Ricochet next or Dragon Lee. Let's just say let's say Dragon Lee's next. Because you want to build up to Ricochet, right? Yeah. You, you feed him Dragon Lee. You feed him Jada McDonough. You know, you feed him whoever you want. Who's on, on Raw right now that can feed him? Uh... Oh, no. It's SmackDown. Oh, remember SmackDown. That's right. On Fox. Which makes more sense because it's Logan Paul on basic television, not on cable. More of eyes on the product. Yeah. Listen, it, it writes itself. Um, but I'm going to be honest. This match is a good solid 85. This is my match of the night. This no gets shit. an 89. Man, I must really not like Logan. I mean, I love like him. I love the setup too with like Santos coming in, yeah, breaking it up. But he just happens to leave the Nux. 
right there. Everyone has been saying that, but at the same time, it didn't look like it was intentional. No, it doesn't, but it adds that little seed. And even like the post match is like, you truly wanted the best. I know what you did. I have no idea what you're talking about, man. And like, Logan knows how to sell it. Yeah. And I, again, I understand why it makes people furious, but that's the point. Damn it. He's not there to be a babyface. He's there to be an asshole heel. It's a, not even a chicken shit. He's just a cheating heel. And it works. Like, he knows how to be a dickhead. Like, think about how people got so tight. When they thought he was going to win the Money in the Bank ladder, man, I would have been hyped. Listen, you guys don't understand marketing. Like you gotta, if you got somebody that can actually go in the ring and also promote shit on TV, on on podcasts, and like they got the, he has one of the like most watched podcasts. No, he, he even said it. He has the number one podcast because it's a it even surpassed Rogan at this point. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. He he has he's not you're not a fan of his, right? But doesn't mean. Your kids are. I'm pretty sure more Gen Z and Gen A kids know who he is and are more followers of his product than my gen- millennial ass, right? So, like, I'm already getting older. Like, he wasn't – he is my age. Like, I'm like, yeah. It's not like I'm, like, looking at this guy like a like – a, for me, uh, Markiplier was the guy I was looking at, right? Or, uh, or the completionist. Like, those are the guys we were looking yeah. at growing up. Logan was the doofus. They were like, who's these – like – Who's this guy? Like, you know, him and his brother making dumb rap videos. Like, that's what we thought that. There were just, like, these dumb, rich, white kids from California. Like, then we find out they're from Ohio. Like, who gives a shit? Like, but as an athlete, I cannot deny that guy, man, it's talent. He, he's got a gift for this, and I'm kind of I'm kind of pissed he hasn't started wrestling sooner. <laughs> like, I wish he gave this, like, five... Because if he gave this even five years ago, he would have been with Ricochet. Right now. Yeah. Like, he is that good. Like, if he didn't go straight into boxing. Yes. And no offense to Logan. Boxing wasn't for you, my man. Like it wasn't. It what's not for you, my boy. Like it is not yours. But I could see Logan transition to UFC after this, and because he he's one of those guys that like short term things. So he wants to try everything, right? Yeah. So I say he gives this WWE run like three years, then he goes to UFC, becomes a fighter. I swear, like I I want to be there for the rage if he just like wins a world title. He's going to, but you know what? It won't be Roman. It'll be it'll probably Seth's. That's more believable. But I would be pissed if he wins before Cody does. I can't say anything at this point because it's like... Anything is possible. So that being said, what's the next match on the card? Oh, I, one thing I wanted to call out. Rey Mysterio, I know you like your libations and enjoying a couple cocktails after work, but my man, what is going on with the ad situation? It, it looks like his beer gun is actually showing now. Mm. And he was in great form when he first came to WWE. So I'm like... I don't know if he's getting a little too comfortable, but at the same time, he's getting older. We all do get older and get a little fatter. That being said, if Ray retires in the next couple of years, I wouldn't be mad. He's giving more than enough years in wrestling, especially his style. And I know what it's going to be. It's going to be him and his son at Mania, Mass versus Hair. So I can't wait for that to happen, but Ray, Ray still, for a man in his late 40s, can go. So I got to give him props for a guy that yeah, especially who, after all of his surgeries, all of his multiple knee surgeries, those are career enders, and he managed to bounce back. All things to stem cells. So <laughs> that being said, what's the next card? Imagine the card. Go. All right, next match on the card: Bianca Belair versus Io Sky for the women's world championship. I I like this match. I do too. Like. As compared to their technical trilogy they've had this year. Yeah. Like, this was good. I still feel like Backlash is their best one. 
this one felt like the energy wasn't there considering all things because they have been facing each other multiple occasions like you mentioned and there's always the david and goliath thing where like the big guys usually heal the small guys to face and this one the face is the big person and the heel is a small person yeah that being said you couldn't have damage control at ringside so they had to find a creative way to make eel dominant and she wasn't she was literally fighting under underneath but it makes sense size wise yeah but it just comes off a little weird to make this a stipulation match if i was eel i would have made this a street fight or i would have made this uh i i feel like if you gave it a gimmick there's a way to mask the uh i'm just gonna say it the fact that eel weighs nothing more than 100 pounds and Bianca Belair is able to freaking uh, press Otis. You know, like, it doesn't look as believable when Eo's constantly running up to Bianca and just getting slammed over yeah, and over Yeah, it, it and gave over. me flashbacks to uh, Mysterio during his world title run. They had him always matched up against Kali, Mark Henry, But Big he was Show. a babyface, so it made sense. Yeah. Fighting underneath. Heels fighting underneath does not ever work. And that's why there was some dead air in the audience for a bit. Then they started picking up towards the ending of it. But I got to give a shout out. I love EO's gear. It's creative. I thought it would have been a hindrance to her style of wrestling. Because she has more layers in her legs. And she needs her legs to do her sky shit. You know, like her presses and her moonsaults. I thought she was going to trip. Remember what Jimmy Wang Yang when he had the chaps? Yes. That one night he he almost died off the top turnbuckle and then he never wore the chaps ever again. That's yeah. I got flashbacks of that. Oh, and uh, fun fact. Uh, Jimmy Wang Yang's daughter is currently in the perform, perform, yeah, performance center. Yeah, I heard about that. I'm excited, but I wonder, is she going to be a redneck? Like, are they going <laughs> to lean into that gimmick or kind of make giving her her own gimmick? I mean, are we going to see Ariana Grace come out as yes. like, the daughter of yes. Miss WrestleMania? Listen, listen. She is an actual beauty queen. Yeah. She's won Miss Canada twice, okay? Ariana Grace has to lean into the Santina shit. Well, technically, she can't say that's her dad. That's her aunt. No, in canon, that's her aunt. But we're never going to see Santina because, obviously, it's transphobic. But what we could do is the Cobra. you got to give Ariana Grace the Cobra. You have to. And not now. Not when she debuts the main roster. When she becomes a heel. Yes. Once she becomes a heel on the main roster. And kind of like a Chelsea Green heel. Yeah. That's when you debut the Cobra. The ultimate finisher. <laughs> yeah. The, surprisingly, only one person has ever kicked out of the Cobra. John Cena. No. Who? Daniel Bryan. No shit. During that whole Elimination Chamber run. Yeah. And like it was down to Santino and Bryan. He hits him with the Cobra. And that was the... First and only time it's ever been kicked out of. The most protesting finisher. <laughs> it's just as protective as the one-winged angel. So think of that. That's mind-boggling. It's it's the, it's the most goofiest shit. And that's why I love wrestling. Wrestling is goofiest shit. But let's talk about the big surprise of the night. Oh, yes. Go for it. The return of the pirate princess herself. Kyrie Sane is back, baby. After spending a year and a half in New Japan... And getting married, shouts out to her. She came back because New Japan is cheap and currently 
in a deficit. They don't yeah. have they don't have money. So they're losing a lot of their top talent to WWE and AEW. Kyrie Sane was definitely bound to be back in WWE because she has already established herself there, so it's like more familiar. That being said, she was scouted for AEW when she first was released, but she turned it down because she was still trying to kind of like build back up stardom. Um I'm not against her going to WWE. I think it's a great look for her. I'm just kind of like worried. Are they going to be overloaded with a roster of women? Like, do you think there's enough to go around? Do you think there's like... Yeah. There's three different rosters if you think about it. If you include NXT, sure. But if you include just SmackDown Raw, Raw seems like it was it's set. Like, they have their they have enough women that they aren't even using Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. Yeah. Who currently are sneaking back into the storyline that they're the ones who hexed the women's tag belts. They kind of just dropped that. God, Isla Dawn. Dígame, ¿qué lo que? ¿Qué te pasa? Isla Dawn. I love her. She looks cute as hell, but that's the size of the <laughs> Enough with the clown golf ladies. Um, Listen, I have a specific type. We know. We know. Uh, that being said, um, I think for the sake of TV, um, I, I gotta say that this match, Bianca Belair and Kyrie Sane interrupting, obviously costing Bianca the belt, was a great way of doing it because Bailey came out in some fine ass disco. Yeah, there is something about like Bailey's choice of attire. Because we're not used to it. She's she's so conservative with her clothes. No, that's the thing. But like all of her stuff is like extremely baggy. But yet whenever she comes to Saudi. That's when she goes for the tight stuff, which makes no sense. But we, I'm not. That's that's one thing I didn't catch. I just caught that. Oh, finally, she's wearing something a little bit more like you know sleek. Because when she was Hugger Bailey, she was always wearing tights. But her ass was in this fat. Let's be honest. It was good looking, but it wasn't like bam. Yes. But now that it is, she's very conservative and looking like a art JRPG character with the baggy pants. Yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying you know it's like huh, because. A lot of the women on the roster are leaning into the sexuality stuff, like Rhea Ripley, uh, Liv Morgan. Um, who else? I guess you can say Bianca leans into it sometimes, right? I mean, Jade for sure. You know, like, and everyone's different. I get it, but Bailey, Bailey's got a got a great physique because she trains well. She is very like yes, gym ready. Whenever she she's never one to like be on the shelf for like injury too often. And she's always one to like, she does the craziest spots in wrestling, but that's because she's always in the gym. Like, she's never, like, not working out. And if she's not working out, she's at Paramore or other pop punk shows. You know, like, there's, there's like, minimal time off. Like, she is a workhorse. And during the pandemic, she was the workhorse. Yeah. And notice, now to tie everything in, she's the one that, by technicality, wrote Kyrie off. Yep. So now it's like, okay, so that means that, uh, does that mean that uh, EO leaves damage control and goes back with Kyrie and becomes like a Sky Pirates once again? Or does it mean they start a new faction with Joshi wrestlers and like her, we bring in Julia and you have those three against who? Dakota, Bailey, and you need a third. Is it Mercedes Monet? Who knows? We don't know yet if it's Sasha Banks coming back or not. But it almost seems like they got something brewing. But it was intriguing seeing Dakota back because, you know, I didn't know this. Dakota Kai, did you know that she was on her way to AEW before she got called to WWE? Yeah. I didn't know this. I know it because she stated it in like... One of her Twitch streams? 
No, uh, it was like some sort of interview. I think it was with Chris Van Fleet. Yeah, Van Fleet's really good. Good about that. But like how she was all set to like sign whatsoever, but got a call from Bailey the same night. No, like the night before. Oh yeah. I was like, all right, I'll have enough time to do my hair, get my gear ready. It's like, oh no, we need you here, like tomorrow. <laughs> and that's crazy how like they assumed that. They were lucky she wasn't like, I uh, can't do it, sorry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that is crazy. That is like, what if there were no flights where she's at? You know, what if, yeah. she, what if she was overseas back in New Zealand? You know, like, good luck getting a flight in time to be at the show. Um, that being said, uh, this match is okay. Did we rate the ones this match right here? I don't know. No, we haven't. Not yet. I will say it was not as, it wasn't as strong as I wanted it to be. I'm going to give it a 75. I'm going to give it a 78 alone just for the extra boost of Kyrie. I found like this video of like someone who saw her like backstage whatsoever. I saw it too. Yeah. I saw it. And like the dude was like, Kyrie, we love you. And um, yeah, listen, Saudi Arabia, great crowd. Gotta gotta admit it. Um, So what's next? What is next is Cody Rhodes versus Damian Priest. This, who we forgot to mention, was all set to cash in on Seth. That's right. I got his briefcase stolen by Sami Zayn. How did we not even... We talked about like him attempting to cash in, but we got so sidetracked, we forgot to mention that like yeah. Sami stole his briefcase. Sammy, the story is Sami stole in a hoodie. He came in and stole the briefcase from Damian Priest, went to the crowd, and he was cheered by the fans, and Damian couldn't cash in his money in the bank. So now he's here, Mr. Money in the Bank, with both uh, United uh, tag belts. And he's facing Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare. And both of them look, you know, their gear looked okay. I'm not going to say much about it. It looks whatever. Um, it's, you know, it's your typical shit. Uh, but Damien, Damien was pretty dominant in this match. I will say they kind of like gave him like a lot of to work with, with Cody. Like Cody, not that he worked underneath, but he worked his injured ankle. His, you know, his uh, kayfabe broken ankle that Damien gave him. And they brought back the Reckoning. Not Namie Yim, but the move, <laughs> the move that uh, Damien used in NXT as his finisher. Yeah, before he got, what's it called now? Uh, South of Heaven. It's not as cool as the Reckoning. The South of Heaven is just uh, a side effect, right? It's like yeah. a choke slam side effect. And then he has the Razor's Edge. That's another finisher that. So he stopped that for the Razor's Edge. That's what it was, right? He, he started doing which. I think if anybody's going to be Big Daddy Cool today, oh wait, that's kind of Nash. Anybody's going to be Razor of today, it would be Damian Priest. He has the height for it. He's actually Hispanic. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised when he goes face. He starts wearing, like, the, the vests and uh, toothpicks and goes, hey, yo. Like, you know, like, you got so many Shawn Michaels in WWE's right now. So many Shawn Michaels duplicates. It's time we start focusing on other... Like, we need a couple of Triple H's. We got. We need a couple more Xbox. A few, toss in a couple of Kurt Angle. We have four Kurt Angles. You think about it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> With um, off, we, off Academy yes. and the Creed Brothers. Oh God! Can we just talk about Tozawa real quick? Just oh. him going all Tozawa. That's just nasty. nasty. My favorite edit is when they put Swerve's theme right behind Oh, him. where he's just shimmying. Yeah. So Zawa is naturally funny. He just does shit that pops everybody. Uh, okay, so the match of Damian Priest and 
Totally. It's the typical thing. It's like another chapter to the never-ending story. Can we skip it then? I feel I, I don't want to like add to this match. There's like nothing to it. Sixty next. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna give it a sixty-five. It was it was another. You know, we're in the third inning now. I'm well, fucking out of here. Like, I'm done with... Like, I want to see Cody get something. If he's not winning a belt in soon, I don't care to see his matches. I'm sorry. It just it is what it is at this point. Um, what I do care about is the next match. The next match, which is... Ah. It, my it's, page refreshed. It's, it's the main event. It's the main event. <laughs> now it's time for the for main the, event. The Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns, and the People's Champ, LA Knight. Yeah. Yeah. So. First off, the crowd response for LA Knight. They fucking love the guy. Uh, except for that weird moment they were doing CM Punk chants. That was really weird. Yeah. Like, I just thought that was something weird coming from my Peacock feed. Literally. Um, that being said, they did call Roman an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it was it was a typical Roman match. Another thing that's just like, people were pissed, mind you. Like people online, like oh, I'm sick of Roman. I'm like, if you're, this is the problem with Roman, Roman being on every card. It's like people want him to wrestle more, but he it does. It's more of the same shit. So it's like at this point, do you want him on the card or do you not? Like, I get what he was doing. It just, it's just, it's just old hat. If you're not gonna add any more members into the bloodline, if you're not bringing in Nia Jax or uh, The Rock's daughter or bringing in The Rock to face Roman, this story for me is kind of like on cruise control until we get to Rumble season. That's just, that's just the way I see it. What do you think, bro? Like, when it comes to whole Roman stuff, it's just, like, placeholders. And there's nothing wrong against the people that, like, he's facing off against. Because the matches are fine. And finally, Eddie Knight's getting his first pay-per-view main event card. Like, you know, at 41, he's finally getting something to, you know, to sink his teeth into. But it just... not that, I mean, I knew Roman was going to retain. Let's, all right, spoiler alert. Um, but it... It definitely showed that LA Knight can play. Like, he did not look out of place. And that's the main takeaway from this. He looked like he looked like he belonged there. And not just because he's a redneck version of The Rock, like Roman said. But because he actually owns the moment. Like, he looks like a guy that's been a world champion. Because he has. You know, he used to wear the shoes of a champion in NWA. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and they even alluded to that in the, the uh, premium lab event pre-show. I think uh, Matt Camp was like, "We're way past the shoes of the champion. We're way past the dummies." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're 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 throwing away his stick here. Like maybe he wants to bring back the dummy stuff." Um, but that being said, they're aware of Ellie Knight's resume. They know that a guy can go. He can be trusted. He's athletic for his age. He looks like a guy that never left wrestling. Like he's never stopped. Yeah, wrestling. he just never. I'm just surprised. Now, just looking at this response, it just infuriates me more about the Max Dupree. Yeah, Max Dupree was the biggest mistake in the world, and Vince McMahon was an out-of-touch old man, and we told you that for years, but nobody listened to us because we were just dumb marks. Hmm. And look who's laughing now, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how's it going, old man? But yeah, Vince is now this guy that's giving, uh, what do you call that? He's like the Walt Disney of Disney World now. He's just... He's a mascot. He's just the, yeah. the figurehead. Which kind of fits because he looks like Walt Disney. He looks like an evil, perverted Walt Disney. It's crazy. Like, have you seen him now walking around with, like, the cane? Well, that's because he just had surgery. But, yes, it does look like an old man, feeble old man. But, yeah, nonetheless, the main event is something to laugh at. I think 
LA Knight. Sorry for the noise outside. That's my hometown going crazy. Um, but yeah, so we're looking at LA Knight. He owned the moment. Jimmy was in there. Of course, Jimmy had to like interrupt. And Roman retained, but by God, they built Elliot up enough where he could have had it won had Jimmy not interfered. Because he had Roman yeah. on the mat to pin to three. And the fact that he kicked out of the Superman punch and spear. Like, they really wanted to keep him strong. Yeah. And I think that's great. So, here's my prediction. Ellie Knight wins at Rumble. Ellie Knight uh... is your next... Not for Roman. For Seth. For Seth? Seth and Ellie Knight in Mania. Cody and Roman in the other, in the other main event. I don't know. Because here's the big thing that you, we keep forgetting you have, about. You had the time to build. Remember, Mania's April of next year. You can literally give LA Knight. He wins at Rumble. He holds that in his chest and he just goes crazy. And they fucking let him go for the next few weeks. But then you have Gunther creeping in the background with his 600 uh, plus uh, day reign as international intercontinental champion. So... I don't understand. They have. What's the, I, I uh, mean, they did say why he hasn't been able to travel internationally. Visa issues. Yes. Thank you, immigration. They are right. So uh, he's already out for elimination chamber. Can't do perf. Yep. He's not allowed to leave the country for the next six months. Yeah. To establish residency in the United States, which I understand why. Yeah. That being said, um,. Because Gunther is still my choice to win the Rumble. I think Gunther doesn't need the Rumble to win. I feel like he wins it via Money in the Bank. Or Option C. Option C. Like he relinquishes the IC title. I don't think anybody beats him. I think he becomes, he comes out of a, I think he comes out of Mania, a, a, a two-belt a two champion. And much to serve, too, because we haven't had a guy this dominant in ages. And if there's anybody going to take the bell off Roman, believably, it's got to be Gunther. But first, he has to whoop, destroy the Miz and destroy a couple other more guys. Um, but yeah, I think LA Knight is going to get a match at Mania. For sure, a match at Mania. But at least give him... How about this? Does this make sense to you? What if LA Knight's the one to beat Gunther? For the... No, no. What if LA Knight's the one to beat Logan Paul at Mania? I mean, that they would be... have history now. Yeah. It, it, it's something. And then, you know, he becomes a U.S. champion. And you give him the run where he's like the champion of the United States. And he's in this red, white, and blue uh, gear. You know what I'm saying? Like, they do this for every champion. They did it with Seth Owens. Seth, Seth Owens. <laughs> Kevin Owens. And uh, John Cena and Miz and a few others. But I digress. Sorry if uh, you hear me sniffling. I have a dry... Knows right now because it's weather, fucking winter. Um, but yeah, what do you think? What do you predict is gonna happen? I honestly don't know because okay, first and foremost, Reigns is done for the year. Yes, till next year, literally. Yes. There's only one thing that I see possible, and I've mentioned this to my friends on our way to uh, Dave and Buster's after this event. Yeah, because we went for a birthday thing. We get the Rock. And Roman at the Rumble. Why? Where's the Rumble happening? Philadelphia. The Rumble, not Mania. My apologies. 
Uh, Chicago. No. Tampa. Oh, shit. That's right. The Rock's hometown area. In uh, uh, Tropicana Field, where they had the Thunderdome originally. Ooh. So, you have that moment. You have that entire buildup. You give that Rock match so that immediately you're not taking away the Thunder from Cody if you were to do that. And you give the Rumble a big match. Exactly. And the Rumble's a big video. People like the Rumble. It's, it's one of my favorite pay-per-views. I'm sorry. Premium live events. Uh, you can just keep calling it that. It's, that's, that's, that's the ring choke at this yeah. point. Um, but, uh, yes. Rumble season. Rock, Roman. I can see that. Or, yeah, you save for the Rumble. He beats he beats Rock. Rock, you know, puts him over. He's travel chief. I mean, there's so many ways. I mean, I don't want to book the rest of the year, but I think at this point... Survivor Series is the next pay-per-view out of the United Center in Chicago in a sold-out crowd. I know who's not going to be there. Hmm. CM Punk. CM Punk. Look, like... You already have enough of Phil. Like, here's the thing. I was one of the people that was so hyped for his debut. We all were, dude. I was so excited. Like, I was literally punching the air because I couldn't... Get like a last minute flight to Chicago to go to the United Center for his return back. But now, like after two years now, I'm just tired of this dude. Like, I'm sorry. Like, we already sent all this stuff for Brawl Out, and I'm sorry for like taking over for a bit, but I need to get this off my chest. Go for it. I don't listen. We do not need CM Punk. Wrestling is better without him. At this point, and honestly, yeah. if he would have just like you know, had his moments, and like if he ne- never returned after Brawl Out, like he just would have like let Sleeping Dogs lie and just left it at that. And I feel like his entire reputation would be a lot more together. And here's 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 the kicker too, his whole straight edge uh, straight edge persona, completely a gimmick. The guy definitely isn't straight edge. Because I've never seen someone straight edge look like, have such alcoholic tendencies in my life. Like, my dude, he he needs to smoke a fucking blunt. Everyone has said this in every podcast ever. He needs to pick up weed as habit and chill. Like, honestly, out. like, chill with RVD and, and, and Riddle. Riddle. <laughs> and the Grim, Reef, Reef, the Grim Reefer. <laughs> yes. Just, like, take a month. And chill the fuck out. Like, I'm sorry... Everyone who's expecting him to show up at Survivor Series. It's not happening. It's not going to happen. And if it does happen, I will eat my words. But after seeing his run in AEW, I am not excited as I was. No. And he's actually damaged the image of AEW and perception that like the locker room drama still persists even without him there. Which, listen, there's going to be disputes because he barred people. Duh. But it hasn't been crazy drama like when he was there. It's, I barely hear anything negative about the locker room. Like, I, I think they're doing a great job at cleaning their image up with the whole backstage brawls. Because guess what, folks? This shit happens in every company. WWE for sure has had fights backstage. And you only hear about them when they want you to know about them on their specials when they're promoting certain wrestlers. So, like, you know, like, they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, back then, me and this person got into a fight. But it wasn't a big deal. It was a one fight. And you know why? That's how it went. It wasn't like... They dragged down a few. Like, the closest thing we probably would have gotten to something live and people reacting to it was Brett and Sean. Yeah. 
And that's historic because he punched Vince, his boss, in the fucking face. And mm. one punch knocked him out. So that was impressive. But Punk, it just feels like the more I hear about him, the less I care about him. Like, at this point, I can't miss you if you don't go away. Like, here's the thing. I'm more excited if AJ were to show up. And she's never going to do that. Exactly. I feel like she's done wrestling. She's been done. It's not in her blood to do it anymore. And when she was in WoW, she was a producer. She wasn't even trying to be on. I mean, she is in heels. She was in heels. That's the closest you're going to get yeah. to Yeah. And that's the thing I would have hated. I would have hated if she was signed to AEW. Because she would have just up and quit. Because, obviously... Her husband and her, you know, it's like treatment of your, here, here is my controversial hot take. I know people have a lot to say about Britt Baker. And I know that people have a lot to say about Donna Rosa. End of the day, outside of uh, all access, because I think that's, I think that's kayfabe, because it's a reality show. Outside of the all access, Britt Baker has not mentioned Donna Rosa's name and was able to work with her. "Quote unquote" in matches, uh, Ortiz and Santana, another yeah. f- former besties who are feuding in real life, were able to, you know, for the betterment of the business, face each other. The Bucks and Omega and Punk and FTR was some of the most basic bitch high school drama I ever seen in my life, and I'm ashamed for everybody involved in it because you're telling me you couldn't put aside your differences for the betterment of all in. Your biggest show ever in Wembley. Like, you could not put the shit aside. You gave credence that, hey, if Punk has no drama in six months, and it was six months, and it just so happened right at six months, he, him and Jack got into it. I feel like, come on, man. Like, it, it, the whole thing seems very childish. The Bucks have not been over lately in Dynamite. People have not been raving for their matches, and they almost seem like they're out of it. Like, mentally, not. They're barely doing BTEs now. So it's I barely get them recommended because their BTS are like vlogs with that between Colt and and uh and Brandon Cutler. It's not even like about them anymore. Something tells me that there's something off about the Bucks right now. Either they're not getting resigned as uh, EVPs and they're strictly talent. I don't know. I'm not. This is all. This is all my mind because someone brought up contracts. I'm like they just signed their contracts. No, they just signed their. "Quote unquote." Either they signed their EVP or their wrestling contract. Doesn't mean they signed the other one. They're two contract guys, one for performance, one for management. So it's just a turning point when the Bucks are like, you know what? Maybe we're just going to turn into just the you know the managers, or we're just going to wrestle because it's too much. Because that's what Cody did. Cody left the WWE because he couldn't handle the EVP status as well as being a wrestler, and his life has been better for it. I feel like Cody has never had more positive feedback with the audience and the locker room. When Cody was in AW, even he had his own, like, this is the Cody locker room with the Cody guys. Yeah, the Cody-verse. The Cody-verse, literally. And then this is the Bucks and Elite, you know, base. And I'm just like, we got to have, stop this clickish attitude because it's hurting the business. Because I don't hear about clicks in fucking WWE. It always seems like everybody is, like, if you go to Up, Up, Down, Down, people you would never would think would show up there. Show up, Karen Cross, Big Damo when it was there, my Mansoor, you know, like just you don't want to know what's my favorite up, up, down, down video I've seen. Like, I know it's a like a year old, go for it, but one of my favorites is like literally Woods and Morgan, like eating that one chip challenge, yep. and you just see Braun being like, 
best money I ever spent. <laughs> and meanwhile, the entire time, you just see Solo Sokoa on a bike, just like focusing on his workout. And everyone just around being like, oh, poor Liv, are you okay? Liv was dying. And you just see Woods being like, you, you're you such an idiot. Why'd you do this to yourself? <laughs> oh, Liv, you okay? That sweetie? was the... It's literally the Gordon Ramsay. Oh, dear, come here, come here. You fucking don't care. Listen, listen. That was the ultimate, what do you call those things? Like those uh, workers retreat camps where everybody gets closer to each other. Uh, company retreats. There we go. It's one of those company retreats. Like there you go. Now this is the closest you guys will ever be because of this <laughs> bullshit. But yeah. So Saudi Arabia Crown Jewel, good show. Was it missable? I guess I watched it on Sunday because I was like the only thing you need to know is Logan is now champ and Kyrie came back. Yeah. Um. Outside of that, it was like a C plus show. As you as you noticed, like I would give it a B minus. C. See, look at us. We're not shitting on the show. We're not saying the show sucks. We're just being fair with what we saw. And yeah, like, like... It was entertaining enough. Yes. It was like raw-level raw matches. I would say, like, just a step up from, like, what we normally would see on TV, but not, like... Over the top. Yes. The most over-the-top thing was the woman five-way, but they were doing some crazy shit. Yes. And I guess Race Mysterio and Logan, because of the near-death experience spots... Outside of that, it was pretty tame, and like it was another like this was it was a filler episode. Yeah, that's the look. Yeah, yeah, it was a filler episode. So that being said, this has been our review of WWE's uh, Crown Jewel out of uh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. I am Christian Joel Ramos. I am Raul Montero, and you can find us on Twitch. I just got back to it. I'm doing a stream. I opened up Pokemon cards. I have it recorded somehow. I don't know how to do the whole Twitch to YouTube thing yet, but I it, it hit the record button. Yeah, uh, it's a simple link. I can explain it to you. And then uh, I also uh, will be doing a Gundam stream this weekend because I'm trying to do things that doesn't co- that don't cost money. So staying home and building a Gundam kit here, that seems like a good stream. Uh, after that, we'll see where I go from that. But And I'm- as for me, we are finishing Resident Evil 4. I took a quick little break because my hollow streams, I finished Resident Evil 5. In two nights, because not one night is enough. But after that, we're jumping straight into Spidey 2. There you go. Boom. So, that being said, you can find me on twitch.tv at kingslater88. You can find him at... Miserbiliality, M-I-S-E-R-B-I-L-A-L-I-T-Y. Also on Twitter and Instagram. And... Outside of that, you can find me here in the podcast reviewing stuff. I just put up a review for Trisha Metal on Peacock. I literally did two reviews for all time episodes, five and five. So I like literally because it was so, they're twenty minute episodes, they're quick binges. If you have access to Peacock, please watch Trisha Metal. Oh, I'm tempted to do it, especially with uh, Stephanie Bathis, who plays uh, your favorite uh, detective in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes, she's the main character or one of the main characters. So. Oh, I'm definitely interested. And not to mention Samoa Joe's Sweet Tooth. Samoa Joe's Sweet Tooth. All right, shouts out to Joe. He, and Will Arnett. And Will Arnett. It's a, it's a combined effort. But Joe is the body, right? Yeah. Body language. He knows comedy. He knows timing. But he also knows scary. And it's like, Joe was fucking awesome. I'm like, I, I want him in more things. But next time, I want him in roles where he can speak. Because Joe can speak. Joe is not a bad promo guy. He can pick up a script and speak. So I hope 
I mean, he did a skit for what above down down where he was like a taxi driver. Mm-hmm. I forgot that one. It was a pretty good skit. All I'm saying is his acting career is going to be good from here on out. Um, anything else to promote? I mean, who what other wrestler shows are there? I can't think of any. Uh, every, everyone's on strike still, so SAG after are still, you know, we're not getting the finale of Stranger Things so they're 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just did the whole promotional stuff for Stranger Things Day. and They pushed it for next summer, 2025. I'm done. I don't want to see Stranger Things in my 40s. You know, like, <laughs> I'm over it. Just This strike is really pushing back a lot of production. But you know what? It gives me a lot of time to catch up on content that I hadn't already seen. Or if you're like me and you just rewatched a Barbie movie because you are Ken. I'm just waiting for that to come out on HBO Max. Because I'll review it. I just don't want to review it. Please bring me in for that one. I will. Please. I... I know it's not a video podcast, and I know we're just rambling at this point, but I will show up in full Dominican. Yes, I. that's what I call my whole thing, with a coat and everything. It's not even a video thing, but I just want to show up as it, just to be like, you don't understand how ready I am for this. So that being said, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back for Survivor Series and Full Gear. Are we doing that as two podcasts or one? Um, it all depends on our schedules. That's true, but I, f- I feel like they're both are they both spread out easily enough. I think because Full Gear is the week before Thanksgiving. Yes. And the week after would be Survivor Series. Oh, it literally falls. I think we might have to do a double ticket. I mean, Thanksgiving, we're family. I'll be with family. Um, unless we're both off on a Monday, I don't know. Well, these things on Thursday always, right? Long weekend. We'll figure it out. But that being said, thank you for tuning in as always. Uh, signing up till next time. We out. Peace.